All gas, no brake. And now we have liftoff. Welcome to the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And without a doubt, on this wonderful Tuesday evening, got to have my guy, Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, what's good, man? What's goody, bro? How we feeling? Hey, man, you know, it's uh, it's bittersweet coming off of vacation. So feeling refreshed, feeling ready to go, but uh, also coming off of a another Jets loss here where we have to endure some things that we've already endured. So as we always do, we're going to recap this game. There's no game to look ahead to because the Jets are on by. Uh, We still will do our locks of the week. We'll actually get two picks from us each. And so we're going to, you know, rock and roll this thing, man. And, you know, get ready to go here. Um, Breaking down the, the game, obviously against the Atlanta Falcons, which took place in London. Um, and we thought this was a game where the Jets could actually win it. The Atlanta Falcons have been one of the worst teams in the NFL uh, through four or through uh, four weeks. And so, you know, we thought this is a game, obviously the Jets coming off a win against Tennessee where they could take this one. Um, but unfortunately has, has been the case. They've been coming out flat. Um, you know, for, through the first half of the season, you know, the first half of these games. And so it's, you know, it's been, uh, it's been that it's been the same story, it seems, but, uh, you know, it was a little, uh, disheartening to see that happen in this game in London, especially when you heard all the stuff that Salah was talking about in terms of the preparation and the things that they would do to go out and, and play, well in London and to see them come out flat, which has basically, again, been the story for them. Frank, what are your thoughts there? Like solid, solid again with the practice talk. Like I'm like, I'm kind of getting tired of it, but like when me and you talked like right after the Tennessee game, we both kind of had a feeling that this could be like a possibility. And then as we were recording the podcast last week, we kind of got, carried away with the excitement and the the feel good feelings that came away with like, cause that was like, we talked about last week. That was a really good jets win that the jets had to go through. They had a lot of adversity that they had to overcome to win that game. So I think we kind of got carried away and have to realize again, this is a young team again, that they're going to struggle coming out of the gate. And I think Salah said it, you know, last week, well, that they they have to learn how not to lose before they learn how to win. Yeah, man. I mean, on that note, with the perfect practices, and you know, we even hear we we heard that from Rex all the time too, right? Like, I don't want to hear about like what did Bill Parcells say? Don't talk about the labor. Just show me the baby. Like, I don't want to hear about how great of a practice you've had. Just show me how great of a practice you had. I mean, but we've got to find out. You know, Salah's got to find out how, why are they coming out so flat in the first half all the time. I mean, it's been the story. It's just the offense, Carolina. So, yeah, this week it was both sides of the ball, but but it's been just the offense primarily. No, definitely the offense for whatever reason comes out flat in the first half. Carolina game, 
even the Tennessee game, which they won the, the, and then now this game against Atlanta where they come out flat in the first half and they come back surging in the second half, obviously Tennessee, they end up winning that game. So it's like, what happens if you can put together two good halves of football, right? Four full quarters of football. What could this team really look like? And I think to me, you know, them being the youngest team in the league, that probably that definitely has some some uh, you know impact there. Yeah, and it doesn't help that you have JFM covering Kyle Pitts in the end zone. We will get to that one in a second, but uh, as we always do, I want to talk about the rookie, the, the the man. Which with this season, I mean, look, the Jets can go one in sixteen, two and two and fifteen, and the only thing anybody will care about is how did Zach Wilson play? What does Zach Wilson look like? And I will, he did not play a good game at all. I mean, this was probably, uh, you know, outside of the New England game, this was probably one of his worst games. Uh, if you don't even, if you obviously you count the second half and the comeback and everything, but, um, you know, uh, missed some wide open screen passes, uh, just completely dirted them. At one point hits Mo- Morgan Moses in the back. You know, there was, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, a few other had a, just a terrible interception, you know, on a poorly placed ball. So, you know, to me, it was definitely one of his one of his worst games. And that's not encouraging to see coming off one of his best games of the season. You want to see that play continue. Yeah, and he talked about it uh, today in his presser that he's he's forcing the ball. And when he said he's forcing the ball, he's like. He's aiming his throws, and he's not the type of quarterback that can aim his throws. You know, he's just got to let it loose because he's got such a live arm. And by him aiming it, they're gonna they're gonna be off target. You know, you you know, uh, pitchers have that problem all the time where they try to aim their pitches and it goes all all over the place where they have no control. So if I think he he needs just playing playing more loose, and I think that is going to fall on Lafleur. He's got to call plays where Wilson feels more comfortable. Like, I know they want to tell Wilson that he needs to play more boring football, but I just think that's going to come with time. I think right now you just got to let the kid go. Just let him go and roll him out and let him play backyard football for right now. And then next year in the offseason, we got a full offseason. That's when you work on it. Not now. Everything's shortened. You know, the offensive line is mismatched. Makai's hurt. Fant is over at left tackle. You got Moses at right tackle. The the center and right guard is absolutely terrible. So until that gets fixed, you're not going to be able to play him like a traditional quarterback. Yeah, I would. I, I agree with you. I'd like to see some more creativity. Again, I've been I've been talking about it almost ad nauseum. I talk about it every week this kid needs to run the football more. And I'm not talking about scrambles or moving him in the pocket. I'm talking about some design quarterback runs, you know, some read option, some, you know, some zone reads, some RPOs, right? Like how come that's not, you know, this was something that he had done at BYU. And this was something that he was expected to continue to do in the NFL. And we haven't seen much of it. Uh, You know, where is, getting Elijah Moore in space, you know, obviously we saw the, they try to set up a bubble screen to James McCrowder and, and, you know, Zach Wilson dirts it, but, you know, 
we've got to be able to see some of these, you know, again, these layups. And that's what I talk about all the time, especially with these young quarterbacks, is you got to give them some layups first. So, and you give them, you help build that confidence and let them get to that point where, you know, they know that they, you know, hey, I've got the check down to the back or I've got this easy slant route or this this bubble screen here. Or, you know, we can run a little RPO to, to hold the pass rush a little bit so you can open up those big plays and those big play opportunities down the field. And look what happens two weeks in a row. We we throw the ball down the field. You get a pass interference call that puts you into scoring position. Right. Last, this week it was Cor, uh, Elijah Moore. Last week it was Corey Davis. So I think that you have to take advantage of the rules and, and the way the NFL is set up towards the offense and the advantage is on the offensive side where you have, you are afforded the right to be aggressive and the defense will most likely get penalized for it. So I'd like to see some more aggressiveness there, some more creativity there. Um, One of the things I definitely would like to see out of the bye week and we saw some of that this week. I mean, Michael Carter led the, led the Jets backfield with 13 touches. Um, you know, then he had 10 rush attempts. Ty Johnson was second with four. Tevin Coleman uh, third with three. So I think that we would, I would like to personally see more Michael Carter out of the bye week. And I think that the bye week is the perfect time to get him well more incorporated into this offense. Uh, you know, I, I, I often reference it in, you know, playing fantasy football. Hey, watch out for these rookies out of the bye. This is a good time for coaches to start incorporating them in the offense finding what plays you know they like to run with them and really building a, a package of plays or not you know just even an offense around that player. So I would like to see that with Michael Carter and I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah, I've been saying it for two weeks is that Michael Carter needs to be the the feature back for the Jets, just the way he runs the ball, the way he catches the ball out of the backfield. But more than that, I out of the bye, they need to find a way to start feeding the ball to Elijah Moore. Like you talked about a screen to Jamison Crowder. They ran a little bubble screen to Braxton Berrios. I don't need to see Braxton Berrios getting a, a bubble screen or any type of screen. Let's let's put the ball into our most elusive playmaker's hands. And I, I like Elijah Moore was tearing it up in, in preseason, not preseason, training camp before he got that quad injury. And I know they like to do that ramp-up period, but after the bye, his ramp-up should be at 100 friggin' percent. Like, I, I want to see what this kid can do. Like, I want to see, and the more that he can do is going to open it up for everybody else. Like, I'm not even too worried about right now with Denzel Mims. I'm more concerned about feeding Elijah Moore because I think – he has the potential to be the best receiver in that room. I mean, from everything we've heard, you know, a friend of the show, DJ Bienemy came on here and he talked about how special Elijah Moore is and, and could be uh, in the amounts of, you know, the, the separation that he, he creates. And I think, you know, again, his time is coming. Uh, Zach Wilson actually said those exact words today that his time is coming and that he will be incorporated into the offense. You know, I, I would, I would definitely like to see that uh, for sure. Uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, getting him on some jet sweeps, uh, getting him on those bubble screens, uh, those those quick passes, just, again, getting him some layups, getting Zach Wilson some layups. Because, again, he's one of the best yards after catch receivers 
that was coming out of college and we haven't seen him with many yards after catch opportunities. It's funny because when he was coming out of Ole Miss, he got pigeonholed, you know, people, you know, analysts pigeonholed him as this guy who can only play in the slot. And it's like the Jets are going so hard to fight that narrative, whereas like they don't want to play Elijah Moore in the slot. Like they like he's strictly an outside you know, deep ball receiver. And it feels like they're doing the same thing with Zach Wilson. Like he's this quarterback that breaks the pocket, makes all these plays on the run, and they're trying to pigeonhole him into this, I don't know, with Vinny Testaverde role where he's going to do five to seven step drops and bullet the ball down the field when that's not – yeah, he can do it, but is that what he does best? Is that what best suits his team? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, some more creativity there – would be nice, right? I'm not going to complain about shots down the field, right? But at the same time, like, like to your point, if he's sitting in the same spot, like I thought this Shanahan offense was about moving the pocket, you know, get you know, rolling the quarterback out, putting him on a platform to throw the football. Like, look at how look at the drops that Jimmy G takes or Trey Lance takes. Uh, like they're rolling out, they're getting to a spot, and they're like, okay, this is my launching point. Right. Like the Jets, like you said, they just they don't roll them out. It's just play action, straight back drops, you know, five, seven steps. And now he's looking down the field and the offensive line, you know, did play relatively well, uh, especially Elijah Vera Tucker, who has been coming on these last few weeks. You know, he's, um, you know, leading that offensive line in a sense right now. But when you look at how they've played and hopefully these receivers can start creating more separation. A guy like Denzel Mims, like you mentioned, he's somebody I would like to see get more involved. I've been talking about it every time this dude, uh, you know, again, two targets, 27, one catch, 27 yards. Like every time all he does is make big plays down the field. And like, that's not a bad thing to have. So let's find a way to get him more involved in the offense. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping that they use this bye week to self-scout, to really learn about themselves, especially offense, right? We we talk about this every week. The defense is not the problem here. I mean, they were part of the problem this week for sure. Uh, they definitely had their fair share of contributions, but they're not the problem here. And I think that getting this offense squared away will help this defense out because the defense is on the field, especially in the first half of games where the Jets aren't, converting first downs they're not they're you know they run like they'll run like i think 12 they ran 12 plays i think in their first four drives or something like that so um you know get having the opportunity to stay on the field or to stay off the field as a defense and get rest make adjustments um you know rotate these these this defensive line in and out keep those guys fresh i think overall will help the 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 defense as a whole. Yeah, and you were just talking about rotating the defensive uh, lineman. There's one person that I cannot stand every time he comes onto the field, and that is Nathan Shepard. If he has one more penalty, I swear on everything that I love, I'm going to go through my TV screen and rip his eyes out. It just aggravates me so much. Like, I can't take it anymore. Like, that that late hit on Matt Ryan 
What were you doing? What are you doing? How did you think that was a good football play? Like, that's something that you teach eight-year-olds not to do. It was like, pass is gone. One, two, three, four, five. I'm going to hit him at the knees. Come on. And the thing is, is like, this is a guy that does this all the time. And you would hope, like, you would love to see the Jets coaching staff get to a point where it's like, yeah, you're not going to play. You're not, you're not, you're, you're, you're just not going to be on the field if you continue to make these mistakes. Cause whether it's a pat, uh, roughing the passer, an offside penalty, or I think he got a defensive holding two weeks ago. Like, <laughs> how does a D lineman get a defensive holding? Like, I understand how it happens, but it shouldn't happen. Like, it shouldn't. Like, uh, I, I just get so frustrated watching him. Like, and he doesn't have any wow plays that makes him like invaluable. He's a solid, he's a he's a very solid like rotational defensive lineman. Yeah, like but exactly, but that doesn't if you're gonna have these type of mis- no, no, like you're not quinning. You're you're not even JFM. So like Quinnen got Quinnen got a defensive holding, and I didn't care. Right? Like, exactly so because the the positives outweigh the negatives, but they don't with Nathan Shepard. Like you're not this. You're not Aaron Donald. You're not Quinnen. You're not JFM. You're not even Foley. So either stop or you're cut. Like that is what I really would like to see during this bye week. I'd like to see Nathan Shepard cut. And the Jets to start playing Marshall in his place. I mean, honestly, if they could just, and yeah, cutting is cool. But if if they could just, I said to you, if they trade him for anything, like I would take like a twenty twenty four, like seventh round pick for Nathan Shepard. I'd right take now. a penny from nineteen ninety six for Nathan Shepard at this point. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, this again, this defense otherwise is is playing well. I, I, JFM, you talked about that. Like, in, I understand it was a goal line defense, and I'm talking about the Kyle Pitts touchdown. I understand it was a goal line defense. I understand that JFM was the end man on the line of scrimmage. But if there is a play call where JFM is lined up in coverage against Kyle Pitts, it's a bad play call. Like, like kill it. Call timeout, like have have CJ Mosley switch with him, do something, anything in that moment to not have JFM being the guy between Kyle Pitts and a touchdown pass. Like that shouldn't happen. And so I get it. I understand that there's there's Kyle Pitts, when he lines up, should not be treated as a tight end. I don't care what it is. He's on the field. He should just be counted as a wide receiver all the time. That's what should have been the case. But, however, we end up with JFM now being forever ingrained. Whenever they show Kyle Pitts' first touchdown in the NFL ever, (laughs) all Jet fans are going to look at that and say, why is JFM – the guy in coverage like that doesn't make any sense and it sucks for him because he just signed that contract contract extension and the next week they have him covering kyle pitts like that's the stuff they that rex did with sheldon that used to drive me insane like what are we doing 
He's a D lineman. And not it, not even like a D end. Like you could see Carl Lawson possibly doing that because he, he's got the body type, maybe. But are we go next week? Are we gonna have Quinnen covering uh Hunter Henry on a pass? Is that what we're gonna see? And and then they, they had another one, Bryce Huff on Hayden Hurst. And I'm like, what what is but this? But see, but see, that's okay. I, I, I can, like I, get I can it. live with that okay because you got the body type and, exactly, and all that stuff. Exactly. Like again, after but, seeing, but wasn't, but wasn't this defense supposed to be NASCAR? Let these guys lose, get after the quarterback. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I think they're missing. Obviously, I think they they thought that they would get more from Hamsa, and and now he's he's on IR with uh, with a hamstring injury. I think it is. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood playing a little bit better now. So I think one of these former safeties can play better in coverage. You know, that would be, that'd be nice. We know that's not really Quincy Williams is a C ball, get ball kind of guy. CJ Mosley's, you know, he's, he's been pretty solid. You know, he's been great all year. He's been solid in coverage as he always is. So, you know, I'd be curious to, to see, how this defense continues to evolve. Ashton Davis is getting more playing time, which, you know, again, he looks solid on say, Sunday. He looked solid on Sunday. He looked like he no, he, his feet back underneath him. Yeah, he looked, he looked, he looked pretty good um, out there. You know, only played 47% of the snaps on defense. Again, he's a guy I feel like is getting ramped up. Um, you know, has not played football since I don't even know. Was it? Did he? I don't even. Did he finish the year last year? I don't. I don't remember. But um, Ashton Davis is. You know, he he was playing a lot of that in the box safety role, uh, playing as that that you know weak side linebacker almost. So I think that's a role that the Jets think that he can play well. Um, and you know, I, I don't anything else on the, on the defensive side of the ball, Frank. That that really uh, sticks out to you. Uh, no, just that Jared Davis supposedly is supposed to come back after the bye. That would be very interesting to see what happens because I'm curious. You I don't can't think... have all three of them on the field at the same time. No, you can't. You're probably having when we say all three to the fans, we're talking Mosley, Quincy Williams, and Jared Davis. Yeah, you're probably seeing Quincy Williams spell Jared Davis, but they'll probably have a ramp up period for Jared Davis. Honestly, though, I think that they're at a point where, like, I you're going to get the ramp up period with Jared Davis, but like, if Quincy Williams continues to play well, like, I think that you'll just see Quincy Williams out the field because this is the same. Again, Salah comes from a you know he's coming from a Niners team where they had Quan Alexander, who was a big free agent signing for them, and he, you know, ends up injured doesn't you know misses some time dre greenlaw steps in and never relinquishes that starting job to quan alexander so i i think that you know this is a coaching staff that's not going to be afraid of of playing the guy who's playing the guy who's you know on the cheaper deal no no they don't care they're gonna play who's ever who's ever uh playing the best who they feel is going to give them the best opportunity to win unless it's denzel mims How about I can't Mekhi Becton? I can't. I can't. I, I can't. This is what I want from Makai. 
Shut up until you play. How about that? Shut no, up no. until you play. Look, I can't with him. No, Makai. I, I keep, love Makai. Keep talking. I keep talking your no. noise, bro. I love it. He's he, he look, he's not talking to anybody, right? I he's know. not like he's not bad mouthing edge rushers. He's I'd rather sitting, I'd rather that. How about you bad rush some edge rushers? Bad rush some edge rushers? Yeah, that sounds that sounded terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it did, but see, see what happened. But like, I can't take Makai Becton seriously because he's like a porcelain glass doll. Like you blow on him and he gets another injury. Hey so, man, you try being six six eight and f- almost four hundred pounds, and well, how, as athletic as him. Okay, well, how about we lose a little bit of weight? Like, not saying that we can talk, because, but your that's your job. Your, that is his job. Hey man, he's he says he has paid professionals and paid nutritionists and whatnot that tell him that his his you know to keep playing at the weight he's at. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it's not working. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't Look, know either. I'm not a professional. I don't get paid to do that. I barely get paid to do this. So, <laughs> <laughs> are you getting paid to do this? Uh oh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta talk off air. um but in all seriousness man somebody is sponsoring us to to host this show so without further ado this next segment is brought to you by DraftKings, and my boy frank is gonna run it down break it down for you real quick yeah this next uh, segment where we're gonna break down the picks is brought to you by DraftKings. another week of the nfl season means Another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team wins or scores one point, the last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't fret. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long and draft with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all customers a free shot at millions upon millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for deep for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now the bills have been paid. So with, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So without further ado, we are going to jump into these picks obviously the jets do not play a game this week they are on bye uh which is 
bittersweet, right? You know, the Jets can't lose, obviously, which is a good thing. But we're going to sit around all day, all weekend, and the Jets won't play. But at least we get our bye week out of the way early. And we're going to have 11 consecutive weeks. Is that right? Your math right on that? There's 17 no, weeks. 12, 12 consecutive weeks. Oh, I'm I'm holding you to the fire on that one. Hey man. You're the you know, professional. You're the professional I here. I can't be I can't be right all the time, Frank. It's 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 a tough world we're living in. But <laughs> but 12 consecutive weeks of Jets football. So that's going to be fantastic there. Uh, but obviously we're gonna we're gonna break down some games here. We're gonna talk about the our locks because as we we do this every week we take we take our bets and i lost both well i lost the jets game because the jets i picked the jets to win and they lost so that's what happens when i pick with my heart not my head uh but this week continuing to to break it down heavy Last week, I got the Tampa Bay Bucks as my lock over the, the Miami Dolphins. And they covered that 10 and a half uh, pretty, pretty handedly there, Frank. So um, this week, I have to go with the L.A. Rams. They get to go up against the New York Giants. And they are... Ten and a half point favorites, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, and I think potentially no Daniel Jones here, no Saquon Barkley. Mm, it might get ugly. It could get ugly because that offensive line is very bad for the Giants. Galladay's hurt. Barkley's hurt. This is a game where Daniel Jones could get his face beaten in. I mean, Daniel Jones might not even play again because he's, I mean, again, he's in concussion protocol. Yeah. So he might not even play. Mike Glennon is the backup there. Oof. Oof. I like I like him as a person, but he's not a good quarterback. Nope. 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 Unfortunately, those two things don't necessarily have to go hand in hand, but it helps. But, uh, Frank, who is going to be your first lock this week? I am going to take my team of the year, the Cardinals over the Browns. That is your team. That is. Uh, why'd you give me the face? What was the face for? Because I was like, your team of the year. I was like, what? who is this? Oh, do we not remember our bet from the beginning of the year? I mean, yeah, but I didn't know that they you adopted them as your team oh, of the no, year. Oh, no. I mean, as soon as they started doing well, they became my team of the year. Got you it. Know yep. how, you know how I work. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh they're, according to DraftKings, uh, they're plus three on the line. Um, but I'm just going to take them straight up. I think they're going to beat the Browns. Yeah, that line uh, came out. When that line came out, I was a little, I was a little taken aback. Uh, I know Kevin Stefanski is pretty good after a loss. Uh, he you know, usually doesn't lose after a loss. Uh, he's at home. Uh, you've got a West Coast team traveling east. But I think Arizona, when I when that line initially came out, I was like, "How are they not favored?" And obviously, you know, thought about it a little bit. Um, for my lock, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos minus three and a half 
over the Las Vegas Raiders. And the reason for that one is we obviously know the John Gruden situation. Uh, he's been yeah. he's resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders uh, due to some, you know, old emails in which he used some language and terms that uh, are offensive to basically every group um, that you yeah, can imagine. He did, yeah, he did. He didn't single one group out. He went after everybody. He just started um, spraying. Yeah, so so John Gruden not there. I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in, in Vegas. That's got to be a lot for you know a team that was three and zero just not too long ago, right? And now they're three and two. I think you know you, you that team's got to be reeling. Uh, and so I I am going to to pick on the dead carcass of the Raiders before it dies. So I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos here. We just talked about thinking with our heads and not our heart. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with my heart and I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle, oh, your heart, your yeah. okay. I'm getting it. The Seattle, the Seattle draft pick. I got you. Yeah, okay. you know it. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is minus five. I think they cover. I do. I don't know why. I have no reasoning. The only reasoning I have is that Seattle's defense is pure doo doo, like beyond doo doo. That so is Big Ben though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So. We're going to find out who the bigger doo-doo is in this game. That we definitely will. Uh, it will be interesting. And I'm betting on Jamal Adams. <laughs> it's, it's just interesting, right? Because in 2021, as we sit here, the Jets obviously have Seattle's first-round draft pick next year because of the aforementioned Jamal Adams and the trade that took place two years ago. So, or, you know, not like guess last year it took place but um we have geno smith who's filling in for an injured russell wilson and now russell wilson obviously not playing helps that draft pick the chances of that draft pick being a higher draft pick helps that much better the fact that geno smith is the quarterback gives jets fans a lot of confidence that that draft pick will continue to be a high draft pick although I will say I'm I'm not all I think that Seattle can can weather somewhat the storm here with Geno Smith at quarterback. I know you're not going to agree with me, Frank. No, but, it depends if Chris Carson is playing. Well, and, and Chris Carson is looking on track to be playing, but even if Chris Carson doesn't play, Alex Collins is is an admirable back in his own right and he's filled in well for Chris Carson in the past and and I think he can continue to do that. But I think Geno Smith is going to be in a situation where you got DK Metcalf, you've got Tyler Lockett. You know this game, this there's this team is going to run the football. He's athletic enough to to make some plays with his legs, where I think he can actually be a more than fine quarterback for the for the uh, Seattle Seahawks over these next these next few weeks while Russ is out. So we'll see if I'm wrong, but. Uh, I'm not, you know, I think that this, this draft pick from Seattle still ends up in the teens, uh, but probably I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 
17, 18, and not the, you know, top 10 pick that people are hoping for right now. I'm hoping we could have a segment where John is wrong in the very near future. I would love to be wrong about this. Like if we end up with two top 10 picks, one of them being ours and one of them being Seattle's, I mean, I would sign up for that in ink or in, in my own blood, like right yeah, now. Yeah, because and we get the second rounder from Carolina. So yeah. So, so it could be it's a very important draft. No, definitely. Um, you know, last year was important, but this year, like this is this year's draft, and I hate to be talking about the draft already. Uh, it's it's not even November, but you know we could end up with a, in a situation where, you know, this the twenty twenty one draft was the thing that was the draft that really catapulted us. But this twenty twenty two draft could be the one that takes this thing over the top, right? And again, they don't even have to make those draft picks, right? You can trade those for players. Um, you know, it gives you a lot of flexibility. So I, I'm excited to see what it brings, uh, but uh, hopefully Joe Douglas is, it hits on more more draft picks than he than he doesn't because the 2020 class is not looking all that great right now. Uh, the 2021 class is having its ups and downs, but you know, again, I'm not going to to. It's only week five, week six. They've only played five NFL games. I'm not going to patience. make any drafts. Exactly, patience. patience. So if that is all, Frank, we will uh, wrap this up and we'll see y'all next week as we break down the New York Jets traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots in a week seven showdown. There will be no game to recap, but obviously we'll be covering any news, anything that breaks in that time. Obviously the trade deadline is fast approaching as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that, although nothing exciting usually happens with the Jets around this time. I mean, if anything, they'll be selling, hopefully, Nathan Shepard. Hey, you know, if you're interested, Frank, Frank is willing to broker the deal here. So if you're a team, you're interested, just call just call up our guy. Call Frank. me. I got you. I got Woody's <laughs> number. I got the hotline. Hey, okay. Um, with that being said, everybody, we love you. We appreciate you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to us, YouTube, uh, Apple Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Play, however it is you're listening. If you're live, if we're live on Twitch now, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and Facebook as well. So make sure you check you check us out. Make sure you turn those notifications on so you know when we do go live. Uh, but it will be mostly every Tuesday. At seven, uh, sometimes you know we can get a little we can get a little carried away in our in our pre-show talk. So, but we will aim for seven uh, every Tuesday evening. Um, but you know, obviously keep keep up with the accounts and the Twitter account liftoff underscore nyj, uh, and make sure you're following Frankie at Frankie Bots with a Z. Make sure you're following me at Jr Football Nerd. Have a good one, everybody. We love you. We appreciate you, and we are out of here. Peace. Thank you.